we have received so freely we need to give. And we're looking at that in the context of God's call on us all to be ambassadors for him. We've said that's, that's who we are. That's part of our identity. A lot of times we don't feel like it, but it's, it's who he says we are. And so we just need to be that way. And we closed, we looked at, we had these index cards. Y'all had index cards if you're here under your chair. And on one side of the index card, I had you write down um, things God has given you, expressions of grace that he's given to you. And on the other side, I had you write down the names of people who are kind of in your world, people who are in your life. And, and the point was to say, this is the grace I've received, and these are the people I need to give it to. So I hope you're working on that, and that's something that you're trying to consciously incorporate into your life, this idea of freely we've received. You've, we've all received grace from God, whether we're Christians or not. Uh, my contention would be we've all received grace from God. Grace is undeserved favor, and biblically what we deserve is not good. So anything that we get that's good uh, comes from God. Again, whether we're Christians or not, that would be my contention. It's all grace. We don't deserve it. And so God's expectation is that we would give that away uh, to people in our life. So anyway, I hope you were doing that now with us doing the, thinking about that and uh, thinking about the fact that we were going to give the offering today to uh, Vintage. That's kind of been on the calendar for about a month or so. It made me think about money in general and wondering if any of us on our card wrote down one of the things God has given us is money. I didn't. didn't even cross my mind to do that. I think there was one person in the first service who waved her hand and said, I did that, but I'm not taking a poll. Um, but I was thinking about that and this whole concept of giving and recognizing money's a big part of that. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about money, and I'm going to give you about 74 disclaimers here at the beginning so you'll relax. I know when we talk about money in the church, there's always kind of a hand-on-the-wallet reaction because you're waiting on the ask. There's not going to be one. We've already taken up the offering. We've, we've already told you what we're doing with it. We're not passing buckets around. Again, you can look under your chair. There's no commitment cards. There's no envelopes. We're not in the middle of a financial campaign. We're, we're doing fine. I'm not trying to increase the giving here at the church. I'm not trying to get a raise. I'm not trying to get nicer furniture. None of that stuff. None of that is going on. You can decide whether or not you believe me, but that's not, it's not where we're coming from. So I don't want you to be nervous the whole time waiting on the punchline. There's not one. Um, the second thing I would say, I, I think when it comes to talking about money, Jesus talks about it a ton. It's a huge issue in the Bible. It's a huge issue in our life, but it's a difficult issue to talk about because I think people kind of fall in one of two ditches. And maybe this is you. I think some people, when it comes to talking about financial issues, they fall into kind of the ditch of shame. They're, you're embarrassed. You're ashamed maybe of how much debt you have or how little you save or how much you spend on things that you think other people might not feel are important. Or uh, if you're a Christian, you might be ashamed of how little you give. And so there's this kind of when the topic of money comes up, you just kind of pull back. You don't want anything to do with it because there's some area of your financial life where you, where you feel ashamed. And so because of that, you avoid that area altogether. You just ignore it. It's kind of denial. I'm just going to block that off. Nobody needs to know. But ignoring never makes anything better. And ignoring it eventually will lead to a desperate situation. We're ashamed, which causes us to hide 
we avoid and not dealing with whatever the situation is, eventually it becomes a pretty desperate situation. And at that point, we're drowning. And some people will do that silently for years. They'll suffer and drown because they're ashamed or embarrassed. So that might be you. You might be someone who, when, when you hear me say money, you say, when are you going to be done? And I'll come back after that's over. Because talking about it just brings up a bunch of stuff that you don't want to deal with. You don't want to look at the balance statements or whatever. And so uh, you just want to avoid it. So that's some people. And I think other folks who are doing well, you're strong financially, and you're like, bring it on. We can talk about it because I'm at the top of the class. Or That's pride. And pride pretty quickly to me bleeds over into self-righteousness. I think there's thinking, especially where we live, that financial health is all a matter of working hard, making sacrifices, making good choices. That is true, but it's not all of the truth. There are other factors at play, and we're going to talk about those in the next few weeks. But if you're doing well, you feel good about where you are, it can be pretty easy to be self-righteous, which then bleeds over into being judgmental of folks who aren't doing well. Kind of the thinking is it's hard work, it's sacrifice, it's good choices. So if you're not doing that, you're lazy or you're reckless or you're stupid. We don't flat say that to other people, most of us, but we kind of think that and we act that way. And so what that does in the body is it creates this divide and the things that certain people have freely received are that they're not willing to freely give because there's a smugness there. You got to earn it just like I earned it. I worked hard, you work hard. And the people who need to receive it, there's some shame there and they're unwilling to ask for help. I'm not talking about a transferring wealth from one person to another. I'm talking about all of the things God has given us in this area. Some of you, it's wisdom. For some people, it is money. For some people, it's connections. It's, there's things God has given you that other folks need. And when, we, when the folks who, are, who need it are afraid to ask for it and the people who have it won't let it go, we have a breakdown here in the body. So my hope is, as we talk about this, those, that won't be the grid that you're looking at things through. And so I'm just going to take a minute, and I want us to, to pray. And uh, I just want, if, if, if you're in one of those camps, if you fall into one of those ditches, and I think all of us naturally lean one way or the other, we just want to take a minute and repent. Repent's a loaded word. It's got a lot of freight. You know, we repent of things that are really, really bad. But biblically, repent just means to change. It's line yourself up with what God thinks and what God's agenda is. And so that's all we want to do here. It's just kind of is to line up how we see our financial situation with how God sees it. You don't have to line up with me. I just want you to line up with him. So I'm going to pray. I just want you all to pray with me. I'd encourage you, if you feel like you're in one of those ditches, just to own that in your heart. Just confess to the Lord that you're ashamed of the amount of debt you have or you're ashamed of how little you save or how much you spend or whatever if you're or that you are smug. You are self-righteous. You feel like everything you got you earned. A couple of things. If you're in the shame category, I think one thing you need to hear is that debt is not the unforgivable sin. 
and that it might appear hopeless, but God's able. Regardless of how you got in, he can help you get out. It might be difficult, but he can make a way. And so, God, I pray for those who are drowning, suffering. God, I pray that you would rescue them. That you would draw these situations that are in the dark. That you would draw them into the light. That you would bring people around those who are struggling. Who would love them. Who could encourage them. Who could give them wisdom to know how to move forward. And God, I pray for those who are doing well. And thank you for them. God, I pray that pride and self-righteousness would not creep in. God, I pray that there be a recognition in all of us that all that we have is a gift from you. God, that those who are doing well would have thankful hearts. That they'd be quick to thank you for the blessings in their life. And God, that they would be open-handed with all that you've given them. There'd be a real uh, wisdom upon them to know how to give and who to give to and what to say and what not to say, just all of those things. God, that even in this little body of people, we would freely give all that we freely received. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say one other thing about that, and then we'll move on uh, to what I want to talk about this morning. Again, I think one thing that um, can be tricky when we talk about, particularly if you're doing well, you did work hard. You, you have made good choices. You probably have made a lot of sacrifices. And there can be some resentment when someone like me stands up and says, you need to give some portion of that away, particularly if you feel like where I might be encouraging you to give it kind of isn't worth it. Let me just say this, and we can talk more about it if you want to later. Everything that we have is a gift even if you've worked for it. You're really, really smart, and you worked really, really hard. There are plenty of people who are really, really smart and worked really, really hard and live in places where that is not valued. And there are plenty of people who live in places where their life expectancy is such that when they hit their peak years, they're already done. And there are plenty of places where the, the skills that you bring to the table, that you've worked hard to hone, that are rewarded here, they're not rewarded in other places. And so there's, a, there's always this grace element to everything we have. We've said before that our faith intersects with God's grace, and sometimes it's our effort that intersects with his grace, us making good choices, and, and that's good, and I don't want to devalue that at all. I just want all of us to recognize there's always a grace element because we don't deserve any of the good things that we've gotten, even if we feel like we've worked hard for them. I don't want to undervalue hard work. I just want to say something about being thankful and recognizing the grace that was given to us to live where we live when we live here, where those things are all rewarded and honored and all of that kind of stuff. So you know that. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're one of those guys that can kind of tend towards being self-righteous, to me, the best cure for that is thankfulness. If you recognize what you've been given, then it's much easier to be gracious towards other folks. So this is what I want to do this morning. This idea of giving, giving's just an act. It's external. 
It's important, but ultimately God's concerned about our insides. One of our theme verses here at Stonebridge is Romans 8.29, that God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. The idea there is if God cracks open your chest, he wants to see Jesus. And so he spends his time molding us, shaping us, forming us. So you can give and still not be generous and not look like Jesus at all. I don't think you can be generous and not give, but I know you can give and not be generous. And so that's really what we want to go after is generosity. And we'll spend the next few weeks looking at that. I want to make a little bit of a case this morning why it's important. One, it's important because God's generous. Most famous verse in the Bible, God so loved the world that he gave. And he didn't just write a check. He gave his son. He came and died for us. So there's this idea, according to Genesis, we're created in God's image and God's a generous giver. I would actually say God's reckless. And I'm not certain that I haven't gotten there yet. But there's a parable, I think it's in Matthew, it's called the parable of the workers in the vineyard, where this guy, he's going out, he needs help. And so he goes out at six in the morning, and he looks for some guys to come work, and he finds some guys and says, he makes a deal with them, says, I'm going to pay you a denarius, which is a day's wage, whatever that is. And the guys say, great. So they come, they're going to work for him a day. It's not enough guys. He goes out at nine, I need some more guys. He gets some more guys. They come. 12, he goes out and finds some more guys to work. Three, more guys to work. He goes out at five. The day ends at six. He goes out at five and gets more guys to work. And then at six o'clock, he starts paying people. And he starts with the five o'clock guys. And he gives them a denarius. And just like I would think, the guys who work longer think, oh, well, if they only worked an hour and they got that, well, what are we going to get? We work 12 hours. But he pays everybody. He pays them all a denarius. And at the end, the guys who started working first, who worked the longest, were angry. And they said, what are you doing? And he, what he says to them is, can I do what I want with my own money? What's it to you if I'm generous? And so there's this picture to me of God being a reckless giver. He's um, extravagantly generous. A lot of us tend to see ourselves as guys who are hired at 6 in the morning, maybe at 9 Not many of us see ourselves as the guys who are hired at five. That's somebody else. And my encouragement to all of us is to recognize we were hired at five o'clock. And we're we're getting a good deal here. God has been generous with us in terms of everything that he's given to us. And so the expectation is that we will be generous in return. So that's the first thing. Because God wants you to be generous, you should be generous. And the second thing, and this appeals a little more to... Um, our self-interest, but it's in the Bible, is your capacity to give directly affects your capacity to receive. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Jesus says it this way in Luke 6. Let me see if I can find that. 38 says, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, a good measure running over into your lap. And here's the key thing for us. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What Jesus is saying and what Paul is saying is whatever you give with, that's what you get back with. So if you give with a teaspoon, then God will give back to you with a teaspoon. If you give with a cup, he'll give back to you with a cup. If you give with a gallon, he'll give back to you with a gallon. God always outgives us. I think his gift, his He always gives exponentially back. But 
the, the measure that he uses determined by us. So if I give with an eyedropper, then that's what I've handed God to give back to with me. If I give with a dump truck, then that's what I've handed God to give back to with me. And so your capacity to give is directly related to your capacity to receive. You want to be generous because God is generous, and that's what he's doing. And you want to be generous because if you're stingy, if you're not generous, you've severely limited your ability to receive from God. You've hamstrung God or handcuffed God, basically. He always outgives us. But what he uses to give is determined by us. It's If I've got a teaspoon of tomato seeds, and that's what I go and plant, and my neighbor plants a cup full of tomato seeds, who's getting the most tomatoes? Him, all things being equal. He gave more, so there's he's got potential for more to come back to him. And that's the same way God works. He's limited himself. He's tied himself to us. He's going to outgive you. You give him one teaspoon, he'll give you 20 or whatever. But he'll still use teaspoons because that's what you've given him to use. It's very important to me for all of us to get this. The measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's true to me. I read it as true. It's financial. It's in terms of forgiveness. That's a huge one. If you're stingy in forgiving other people, then you're cutting yourself off from receiving the forgiveness that God has for you. Love, grace, compassion, all of those things that you wrote on your card that God has given you, if the measure you use in giving those away is the measure he will use in returning them to you. Let me just say over here, we'll talk about this more later, this is not give $10, get back $100. That is not what I'm talking about at all. If you read... 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is basically a manual on giving, and Paul's very explicit that a lot of times we give money, and what we get back is not money. We get back other things, but it's not money. So this is not giving to get, and then this is another maybe tangent, but just to be clear, I 100% believe you should give to the church money. You should get whatever your home church is, you should give there. If this is your home church, you should give here. If you have another home church, you should give there. But I do not believe tithing is a, is a requirement for us. Tithing's given the first 10% of your income, gross, to the church. I feel like that's an Old Testament, that's rooted in the Old Testament law, and we were set free from that. So I can eat bacon, and I don't have to tithe. And same thing I would say for all of you. And if you, if you want to talk more about that, we can. But uh, that kind of gets to where we're headed now. So if that's... If the key is the measure, that's what we're focused on. What's the measure that you're using? Most of us would say we're generous because nobody wants to be stingy. What's the measure that you're using, and how do you determine if it's a good measure? If that's what God's going to give back to you with, how do you make sure that you're giving with a good measure? It has nothing to do with dollar amounts at all, nothing at all. This is Mark 12, starting in verse 41, I believe. Yes. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. 
Paul says, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 8, 12, that the gift is acceptable according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. So when we're talking about the measure you use, it has zero, zero to do with the size of your gift. God doesn't care about that at all. That story in Mark 12, Jesus says the lady that put in two cents put in more than the people who put in thousands of dollars. The only way that can have any hope of being true is if God has a different standard of judgment because thousands of dollars in every culture, in every time, is always worth more than two pennies. The only way Jesus isn't nuts when he says that is if he's judging on a different standard, and he is, and it's this standard we just read about. He's judging based on what we have, not what we don't have. I hardly ever get mad. I'm emotionally retarded, and I'm lazy, and I just, I don't feel deep enough to get mad. And when I do, I just don't have the energy to see it all the way through. So not much, I would, not much makes me mad at all. Not because I'm a great guy, but because I'm lazy really more than anything else. But one thing that does make me mad is when folks who are kind of the uber rich are praised for their giving in relationship to other folks. You see this particularly when there's some type of humanitarian disaster. I remember when the, the tsunami a few years ago in Southeast Asia, there was this massive humanitarian crisis, and so a lot of celebrities were kind of leading the charge to give to the Red Cross and to these other organizations, which, great, give. The one I remember was Sandra Bullock. She was one of the first to give, and she gave a million dollars, which is a lot of money. You can buy a lot of food, a lot of medicine, a lot of bandages with a million dollars. I looked. She made $30 million that year. There was also a woman I read about. I had to search, but I found this lady, this Welsh woman, who gave $185, and she lived on 220 a month. That's the widow. In God's world, the Welsh woman gave more than Sandra Bullock. Not to denigrate what she did, but she's given with an eyedropper, and this other woman is given with a shovel. And it's based on what she has, not what she doesn't. The Red Cross can do more with a million dollars than with 185. God will do more with the, pers- with the 185 than with the million. Because she's giving more from his perspective. It's more because it's, she's using a bigger scoop. You get that. And the same thing is true for you and for me. You don't need to worry about the number of zeros after the check. On the check, it doesn't matter to him. What he wants to know is, are you giving what you can afford or are you giving what you have? It's two different things. Giving what you can afford means this is what I make, this is what I spend, this is what I have left over. I can afford to give this. Giving with what I have says this is what I have, what do you want? and I'll make do with the rest. That's what the widow did. She gave all she had, even what she was living on. That's what this Welsh woman did. She gave out of what she had, not what she she had. She doesn't have anything left over. On a spreadsheet, she can't afford to give anything. Sandra Bullock was different. She gave what she could afford. 
it's two completely different ways of approaching this issue. And what, and I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't know her, so I can't say whether she is or is not generous. All I can do is look at what's on paper and say which one, to me, is reflecting a generous heart. And it's a pretty easy call. And I think that's what God is looking at with us. As we move into this whole thing and we talk about money for the next few weeks, we're probably not going to talk about giving again. But the thing I want you to see here is the importance of the measure that you use. Whatever we're talking about, whether it's money, whether it's grace, whether it's forgiveness, compassion, the measure you use is the key. It it doesn't matter how big the gift is, whatever that looks like. What matters is the measure because that's what you're giving God to then give back to you with. Your capacity to receive is directly linked to your capacity in giving. And your capacity has nothing to do with amount at all and everything to do with what you already have. It's percentage, for lack of a better word. That's the beauty. I I just said I'm not a tithing guy. But the beauty of the tithe is it was a percentage. God didn't say everybody give their first 10 cows. The guy who has 100 can get rid of 10 cows a lot easier than the guy who's got 15. It was a percentage. The sacrifice was equal, although the amount wasn't. And that's what God is looking at. Not the bottom line, but the sacrifice, the measure that you're using. So you get that. So I'm going to pray less than Ashley. We're going to come back up and close this. We'll have ministry teams up front. If you want prayer for anything, we'd be more than happy to pray with you. I would say this. um, If you feel like you're drowning in kind of this financial area, I know that can be tough to come up front and admit that. We would love to pray with you about that. I don't want you to feel like you're alone or that God doesn't care. So you guys can stand. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then Les and Ashley will cut us loose uh, after this song. The ministry teams, if you guys would come forward as well. Just so y'all know, anything you share with those ministry teams is confidential. They don't they don't even tell me. So uh, you don't need to worry about any of your stuff getting blabbed. God, we do thank you that you're generous, absolutely generous and gracious to us. And I pray, God, that we would be a people individually and collectively, God, who graciously and thankfully receive everything that you want to give to us and then are quick to channel that, to pass that on to others. God, I pray that uh, for those who are doing well, that there would just there, there would be no condemnation for them for sure there just be a real sense of thankfulness in their hearts that they're doing well and a compassion in them to help others whatever that looks like and God I pray for those who are struggling and God that you would lift the burden of that off of them God that you throw them a rope and that they would grab on if that means they need to let go of some other things to grab onto the rope I pray that there be a willingness to do that And God, I pray for us as a church, just as we kind of push into the next thing for us. You've placed us here on the square, and there's so much need. And honestly, we don't know what to do about it a lot of the time. 
And I pray, God, that you would show us that. What does it mean for us to be a generous body here on the square with all of the different needs that are floating around and that come in the door during the week? God, we don't want to be hoarders. God, we don't want to hang on to stuff that you've given us to give away. And God, we honestly, we don't want to be dumb either. So I pray that you would show us how to do that individually. Show us how to do that corporately, God. Show us how to be, uh, how to reflect your generous heart to freely give everything that you have freely given to us. In Jesus' name.